and welcome to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition, where we aim to maximize your understanding and minimize your need for memorization. Each episode will recap content, skills, and test-taking tips to help you succeed in May. I'm your host, Melanie Kingett, and your recap starts now. Hi, and welcome to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition. Today's episode will recap chemical bonds. Let's zoom out. We're in Unit 2, Molecular and Ionic Compound Structure and Properties. Topic 2.1 and 2.2. Our big idea is structure and properties. Electronegativity and Coulomb's Law are two central concepts in chemistry. Coulomb's Law, frankly, can explain almost anything in Units 1 and 2 and beyond. And electronegativity, using our tug-of-war analogy, is a key component of chemical bonding. We will therefore now leave Unit 1, where we focused on the individual atom, and take a closer look at the combination of atoms, compounds. Today's episode will recap chemical bonding and dive a bit deeper into the strength of chemical bonds. Let's zoom in. We are starting by recapping a recap, our fourth episode, in which we already did an introduction to chemical bonding. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, stop here and go back. Okay, okay, since you're still here, we'll briefly summarize it. In episode four, we recap electronegativity, which is, as defined in episodes four and 15, the ability of an atom to attract a shared pair of electrons. We also know that electronegativity is a periodic property. It increases across a period due to the increasing number of protons, which results in a stronger attractive force between electrons and the nucleus. Since we are increasing the distance between the nucleus and the valence electrons when we go down a group, electronegativity decreases within a family. This means that nonmetals have a rather high electronegativity and metals a comparable low electronegativity. We've also heard that valence electrons can be gained, lost, and shared. When electrons, due to a large difference in electronegativity, are lost by a metal, and gained by a nonmetal, we are forming ions of opposite charge, and therefore a compound with ionic bonding. Two nonmetals are usually pretty similar in electronegativity and are sharing valence electrons. They are forming a covalent bond. When two atoms that are forming a covalent bond are at the same element, or if they only have a very small difference in electronegativity, like carbon and hydrogen, the covalent bond is nonpolar. Our participants in the tug of war are of equal or have similar strength, since the number of protons and the distance from the nucleus is similar. Therefore, the electrons are shared equally. But what if one of the two nonmetals is stronger? Not strong enough to win the tug of war, but pulling stronger than the other team. Then both of our electrons that make up the bond are no longer shared equally, but closer to the atom of one element than the other. Let's look at an example. Carbon tetrafluoride. The central carbon has four valence electrons, which each are shared with one fluorine. Since fluorine has more protons than carbon, it has a stronger coulombic attraction of the shared valence electrons. The bond between carbon and fluorine is therefore a polar covalent bond, with the fluorine being partially negative since it attracts not only its own valence electron, but also the carbon's valence electron. We therefore have a higher electron density closer to the fluorine. The greater the difference in electronegativity is, the more polar is the bond. Within our bond spectrum, from nonpolar covalent to ionic, polar bonds are in between and have covalent as well as ionic characteristics. 
Hi there, producer Brad here. You may be saying, what the H-E double heck is going on here? To that I'd say, this is a recording and I can't hear you. Now, I'm not usually given the chance to speak on the podcast because I'm not a teacher in the literal or figurative sense. I was at one point a student and a poor one. Therefore, I consider myself a bit of a connoisseur de tutor, which is Latin for tutor expert. So I know quality tutology when I see it. And the Absolute Recap virtual tutoring program is top notch. AP classes are challenging and sometimes you may need extra help. If you are looking for more in-depth, personalized support, sign up for virtual tutoring with your favorite podcasting teacher. Each 60-minute session is held through Zoom and is structured to meet your specific needs. So if you have a big test coming up, just can't master those multiple-choice questions, or need help improving your writing skills, we've got you covered. Our tutors provide opportunities for you to practice content and skills with graded feedback. Visit our website to reserve a session with a tutor for your specific subject and time zone. Now back to the recap. But why do we form bonds like the covalent bond? The idea is that the potential energy is lower when two atoms are bonded and lower energy is better. So let's take a closer look at the formation of the covalent bond in relationship to potential energy. This relationship is often visualized in a graph showing the distance between the nuclei versus the potential energy. The graph is a bit unusual because when describing it, we will actually start on the right and go to the left. Strange business if you ask me. Mighty strange. Because we want to start where the atoms are too far from each other to experience any attraction. Moving closer, the graph has three areas. First, the area in which the attractive forces dominated. Oh, good heavens, I must dress and get over there at once. The atoms are getting closer and the potential energy decreases. Energy is being released. Second, a point at which there is a minimum potential energy. Here, the attractive forces are in equilibrium with the repulsive forces between the two nuclei. This point is the equilibrium bond length, the distance between two nuclei at lowest potential energy. The energy at this distance is called bond energy. It is the energy required to separate the atoms again. If you keep decreasing the distance between the two atoms, the potential energy rises again. In this third area, the repulsive forces are stronger than the attractive forces. He doesn't love me anymore. There are two factors influencing the bond length, the size of the atom and the bond order. The larger the atoms that are sharing the electron, the greater is, of course, the distance between the center of the bonded atoms. And therefore, the greater is the bond length. Bond order is the number of bonds between two atoms. We can have single bonds, where the atoms each contribute one valence electron, but also double bonds with two valence electrons per atom and triple bonds. When increasing the bond order, the bond length decreases. That means a single bond is shorter than a double bond, which is shorter than a triple bond. The bond order also influences the bond energy. It takes more energy to break a triple bond than to break a double bond than to break a single bond. Because we have a stronger attractive forces between between the two atoms. It's like when you are holding something with two hands. It takes your sibling more energy to steal it from you than if you would only hold it with one hand. Ionic bonds also vary in strength, and here we can use Coulomb's law again. The greater the charge on each ion, the larger are the attractive forces. For example, the attractive forces between Na plus and Cl minus are weaker than between Mg2 plus and S2 minus, or even between Mg2 plus and two chlorine ion ions. We also know that distance, or ionic size, 
matters. The larger the ions are, the smaller are the forces of attraction. Therefore, the strength of attractive forces between the sodium cation and the halogen anion decreases from sodium fluoride to sodium chloride, sodium bromide, and sodium iodide. To recap. In today's episode, we did a recap of how electronegativity determines the chemical bond and took a closer look at ionic and covalent bonds. Depending on the difference in electronegativity, we can distinguish between polar and nonpolar covalent bonds. A graph is used to show the relationship between atomic distance and potential energy. The smaller the atom and the higher the bond order, the shorter is the bond length. A higher bond order leads to higher bond energy. The higher the charge on the ions and the smaller the ions, the stronger is the attraction between ions. Coming up next on the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition, Vesper Theory. Today's question of the day is about chemical bonds. What type of bond is formed when atoms with low electronegativity combine? For the answer to the question of the day, please follow us on Instagram at the Absolute Recap. That's the A-P-S-O-L-U-T-E Recap. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. For updates on episode schedules, study guides, and to contact us with questions and suggestions, please visit our website, theabsoluterecap.com. The Absolute Recap is produced by Brad Kingett with music by Zach Caruso. Today's episode was written by Sarah Rader. Time's up, Bunsen burners off. Thank you for listening to the Absolute Recap Chemistry Edition. AP is a registered trademark of the College Board. Copyright 2020, Absolute Recap LLC. All rights reserved.